Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast. On a Monday morning, we're going to talk some USC football with the coach, Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. That's at Coach Harvey Hyde. Of course, lots of interesting stuff to talk about. we got a lot of questions that have come in, a lot of comments. USC defeats the University of Washington, previously number four ranked University of Washington, 26-13 on the road in Seattle. Six-game winning streak. USC fans who are off the bandwagon, jumping back on. If you have any questions for us, email podcast at uscfootball.com or call us 641-715-3900, extension 816-646, or go to our website, peristylepodcast.com. You can leave a voicemail there as well. iTunes.com slash peristylepodcast. Subscribe to the show. Leave us positive feedback. Leave us a rating. All great ways to... Help promote the show. Tell your Trojan fans. I ran into a ton of USC fans up in Seattle who love the podcast, listen all the time. So it was great to talk to all of you. And it's going to be great to talk to the coach, Harvey Hyde, who's here with us right now. What is up, coach? How you doing? Well, it's a glorious, glorious day. I'll tell you what, uh, you can really enjoy a win especially when you go on the road, you're together the entire time. You're an underdog. You're going into a a castle in Seattle where they think that, well, their walls, you can never climb their walls. You can never invade their territory. And you go in there with a traveling squad that stays together, that believes that can go in there and dominate the number fourth-ranked team in the country. Now, if that was the fourth-ranked team in the country, I would say USC certainly should be in the top five or six team in the country. I won't give you my poll, but I did my poll. And I do my poll, and if people want to hear it, they can hear it, and I'll give you that information later. later. But you know I do my poll, and you've heard me do it before, Ryan. I do it on the team I'd least want to play this coming Saturday. I mean, a team might have two losses. A team might have three losses. But as a football coach, I don't want to play that team. And because they're so gifted and athletic, and one of these days they're going to break out, and when they break out, you're going to say, holy cow, why did it have to happen to me? So uh, we'll talk about that later. People aren't interested in that. But a great victory. Enjoy it this week. And how can it get any better than UCLA? then Notre Dame, then a bowl game, and maybe in the uh, in San Antonio, possibly, against Oklahoma, the Big 12 champion. And what if they were to win that game and win out? Look how many games in a row they would have won starting their offseason, 10-3 and three after a 1-3 start. Wow. Welcome to big-time football back in the Coliseum. Let's move on. All right. Well, I wanted to thank our sponsor for the podcast, sctickets.com. So you can go to, of course, sctickets.com. It's Southern California tickets or call them 1-800-888-7287. 
you got a game down the street in Pasadena, which where Coach Harvey Hyde is the mayor of Pasadena, default mayor, uh, against UCLA. And then, of course, Notre Dame coming into the Coliseum. So some big football coming up here. I know the Rams play the Dolphins. You got Kings, Ducks, anything here in SoCal. But, of course, across the country, SCTickets.com can help you out and, and get those tickets. So, But, yeah, two big local USC games coming up. And uh, so, Coach, we have to we have to talk about this win, of course, because it's a huge win, like you said, uh, underdog on the road, hostile environment. I'm going to throw a little curveball at you first, and then we'll dive into all this stuff. So I'm going to play this uh, voicemail for you, Coach, and get your reaction. Here you go. Hello, Ryan and Coach Hyde. Don from Upland, California. Coach Hyde, I'd like to take you down memory lane, so brush off the cobwebs. The year is 1967, and I believe you were the head football coach at Pasadena City College. I played football at Blair High School that year in Pasadena. My coach was Pete Yoder. Do you remember a quarterback by the name of Don Autry that played that year for Blair? If so, that is me. Coach Yoder went on to coach at USC as an offensive back coach, and I went with Coach Pepper Rogers, who coached at UCLA to the University of Kansas. Coach, do you remember? Do I remember? You were a superstar, my man. I tried to get you to come to Pasadena City College. What a great team you guys had. Unbelievable. CIF champions, so great players. Kermit Johnson, Eugene Jones, uh, Forty Martin, uh, uh, Kenny Lipkin, Charles Phillips. Uh, I can name your team, your starting lineup. It could go on and on and on. Don, you were a tremendous player. I uh, think you made a mistake, though. You should have come to Pasadena City College. <laughs> no, just kidding you. Just kidding you. Just kidding you. I'll tell you, well, I'm glad to hear your voice. and Great to have you be a part of our podcast. And for everyone, Don Autry, hey, congratulations on all your success. And thank you very much for listening. What Do I need to tell you more about if I can remember? No, I think I think we uh, I think we got it, Coach. I, you know, I took a risk there because I didn't like tell you beforehand. I'm like, hey, do you know who this guy is? I was just you know, so it wasn't like I set this up. Uh, but I thought that was a really neat voicemail, and uh, you know, it's a obviously a USC fans on a high. Throw a little curveball before we start talking about the game, but I'm glad I'm glad you remembered him. Oh, listen, let me tell you one thing. I try to follow always is uh, past players that I've coached or past players that I've admired want to follow their careers so if there are others out there please check in with me and uh, i see a lot of the uh, coaches that you know and players that you know like lavelle edwards and skip robinson and all of these guys in southern california i'll pass on the good word and thank you very much for checking in again all right well thanks for doing that and sorry everyone we just wanted to throw a little curveball there but i thought that would be a cool way to start the show um let's go to otis he's got a simple one uh at least it's short he said, this is for Coach Ari Hyde. Can you please explain what USC did that made USC's offensive line so much better at pass blocking from last year? Well, I'll tell you what they've done is they've worked on their fundamentals and they're in a better position as far as being able to pass block. If you notice that the University of Washington likes to bull rush, and when you bull rush, you're trying to run over people, and they've been able to do that in their early season games because they have not played the same type of competition that USC has played, and they've got away with that. They've been able to overpower the offensive lines. 
of uh, their opponents. This Saturday, they couldn't do that. Now, later in the game, you saw them start to blitz their linebackers, and for a while, it slowed down USC, and uh, they were running the right pattern when they threw that slant to Darius Rogers when he slipped. But those are great routes to run behind the linebackers when they're blitzing, and actually, a better route is to hit the tight end. The tight end and the quarterback see that they're coming, and then they just uh, know automatically I'm going to run where the linebackers were and just throw me to pass, and I'll run up the middle of the field. But these are things that will come along as this team matures, and this team is maturing. So, uh, yes, I think they did a great job of pass blocking. And if you follow me, at Coach Harvey Hyden, and Ryan, if you noticed that, every tweet I said during the game, I gave the praise to the offensive line and their pass blocking and other things during that football game where Washington could not get to the quarterback. And when they did flush uh, Sam Darnold out of the pocket, they didn't contain him. And that's when he really becomes dangerous because now he's a running threat and he has time to look over the field and hit uh, the tight end in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. And by the way, the tight end, and Sam Darnold are now dating. They have now figured out, and by the end of the season, I hope there's a marriage there. It really has enhanced and helped USC's offense. Well, that's a that's a good segue, Coach, because we got Nick in Cyprus. Uh, big, he goes, a.k.a. Big Nick from the Peristyle. He said, first, let me gloat for a second. One, we beat the living snot out of Washington. The game was never in doubt. Uh, two, I called it when everyone who knew went against the Trojans. The D owned Washington, and Sam Darnold did what he wanted against Washington's defense. Question, what do you think about how we have used the tight end, especially Daniel Amitor Baby, uh, for five straight games with a touchdown? Uh, ironically, they have won those five games. Coach, your knowledge on the podcast is awesome. Uh, would love to suit up for you because I, I think you'd put me in a winning position, and you care about me. I'd go through a wall for you. Happy, uh, Also, happy Veterans Day. Uh, I know you are a Marine. Semper Fi from an Army man. That's Big Nick in Cyprus. Well, Big Nick in Cyprus, I am an Army man. I was an MP, for everybody to know. I was an MP uh, in the service, and uh, I needed the discipline, and they gave it to me. And then I tried to control the people because I loved to work with uh, uh, that. I was a 387. I was in the 387th and. uh and it was just great. But, hey, let's get to your question. Yes, uh, I think the defense did dominate, okay? And I think that the biggest play of the game was a block field goal. It was 17-13 to 13 at that time. And the block field goal changed the momentum of the game. It would have been 17-16. And the block field goal in that game, they needed that right then, changed the momentum of that football game, and then USC became dominant. Now, in the first quarter, let me tell you, the defense held them to three points. They have scored 120 points against 28 in the first quarter. They had never seen team speed like they saw against USC. They started to doubt themselves. They started, when you think about it, they hit a streak where Dory Jackson fell down, and that was their only touchdown the entire game. Now, yes, they did miss that trick play. He was wide open, but they missed it. You can't count it. They missed it, and they kicked two field goals, okay? 13 points, and they averaged 48 points a game. So we'll stop there, but you asked the question about the tight end. 
The tight end now is starting to become a part of their offense because they have discovered that the middle of the field's been open. We've talked about that the entire process. I don't know how long. And when you start to utilize your receivers and the tight ends at USC are more receivers than they are blockers, you put so much stress on the secondary that the zone behind the man that they're playing up front just doesn't work. And they've been able to do that. And once they, too, pick up more of the seam routes with the tight end, that is really going to help. They throw the ball a little late on the seam routes. They should throw it a little bit sooner, and they'll really uh, hit that tight end in the middle. But the crossing routes have been great in the middle of the field. They're starting now to spread the field. Now, Juju Schuster, Smith Schuster, is not catching as many balls. But they're winning, and he has to understand that, that he is a superstar, and he's required them to, requiring them to do double coverages on them and run these type of coverages. Darius Rogers is making big plays and big yards after the catch. And, and how about Burnett, the way he's been playing? All the rest of the receivers. So they're a better football team because of Juju Smith-Schuster, because they force. Uh, he forces them to run a certain coverage, and it's just uh, awesome to see it happen. It is. Just continue with the tight end, add a draw to the offense here somewhere, then do the fake draw with a linebacker step up, thinking it's a draw, and then hit the tight end in a curl type of route behind the linebackers, and you now are starting to develop an offense, an offense that's is all working together. And we'll get to the running game part of this. I hope there's a running game questionnaire coming up. But move ahead. I know I'm talking too long. <laughs> no, no, you're good, Coach. Um, yeah, we'll have to talk about the running game. I'm gonna. We'll keep with an Army theme for right now. Uh, we got Jesse Rodriguez, who's a retired U.S. Army. He said, I haven't written to you guys uh, this year yet. Uh, I really don't have a question, but I'd like to make a comment. Would you please have Coach Harvey Hyde comment on it? That's what we're going to do. Uh, I can't remember a coaching staff post Pete Carroll doing such an outstanding job of staying the course and keeping the team focused. Uh, they could have lost control of these players and mailed it in. I know everyone pretty much uh, stated that Coach Helton was a very nice person, but not head coaching material. I defended him at first, but after Stanford, I wanted him gone. So I was one of them. After watching him go toe-to-toe against Chris, Chris Peterson on the road, I have no doubt he will be a great USC. Uh, he'll be great at USC. I'm so proud of the players. They stuck together and bought into the coaching staff's vision. Uh, you are really starting to see the development of not only the star players, but the younger ones as well. My God, they went into Husky Stadium and physically dominated the number four team in the country. I am just beside myself. Ryan, you do an outstanding job, and I can't, cannot wait to listen to the podcast. Great job by you and your staff. Fight on from Orting, Washington. I'm not sure where that is. Uh, Jesse Rodriguez, Sergeant, uh, U.S. Army, retired. Jesse, take the hat out. Take the sweatshirt out. Walk around. <laughs> People are throwing their sweatshirts in the back of the closet there, the Huskies. But again, you know, you got to play great football to win great football games like that. And the respect now of the Trojan football program has come back. I know exactly how you felt. And again, I congratulate Coach Clay Helton for the great uh, sticking together that they have done as a staff and as a football team. And one thing you've heard me say every week when I do this podcast, the kids have played hard. They have played hard every single game. And that's what you look to see. Can you get better? Yes. 
Can you put your players in a better position? Yes. Can we get better as a staff? And you heard me talk about it. I had a staff meeting and say, hey, we got to get better. We're not doing the right things. And I think all of those things have been done. Not only the players are playing better, they're being coached better. They're being put in the right positions to be able to excel at their talent levels as far as what they surround themselves. And Darnold has uplifted the morale of the offense, the defense, the special teams, the whole program believes in themselves. And I think this is part of it. In fact, I saw Max Brown jump up and down on the sideline when there was a big play. That showed me the excitement of a young man who's been so disappointed playing in his home stadium, but yet still a part of that football team. Clay Helton has never lost that team. And that team is now definitely showing that. And I said this on this show. And excuse me, I do a lot of shows. So I'm not sure if I said it on this show. Remind me, Ryan, if I did. I told you when I spoke with him, after the Utah game, uh, he said that one of the players came up to him and apologized for losing. and said, Coach, we're not going to quit. We're going to make it back to you and give it back to you. He says, then is when I knew this was a real football team. And I think I've said that on this show. Yeah. I don't know. I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but that's a good thing to hear. Certainly, yeah. And I, I didn't get to see uh, Max Brown. I just I try to watch for him every once in a while. But that's great to see him excited there. Um, so, again, with the Army theme, and this will actually get you uh, to your running, uh, you know, talk about the running game. He said, hello again, boys. During the Washington game, we had uh, plays where all we needed was to get one yard on third and fourth down. Instead of running it up the middle on a sneak with a mobile quarterback we have, Helton decided to go with a handoff uh, two or three yards behind the line of scrimmage, and we would get stuffed. Why didn't the coaches make that adjustment knowing we didn't have a lot of success running uh, Saturday night? I think if we could have kept a few drives going, the score would have been different. Thanks again. Fight on. Uh, with an Etsy team that looks like the real deal, Sergeant Rodney Strong, U.S. Army, Fort Lewis, Washington. Sarge, uh, I agree with you. Uh, you've got to be as strong on the ground as you are in the air, and you're a military person, and you know you all work together, okay? And you've got to be able to uh, have confidence in whatever you're doing. And I think right now an area that the Trojans need to really work on to get a, become a better football team is their short yardage situation. You've heard me talk about this. They always seem to be a little confused when there's a short yardage situation. They seem to be uh, late calls are coming in. There seems to be a question mark on what they want to do. Uh, there's nothing wrong with taking the ball under center and have a good quarterback sneak when it's six inches. Uh, uh, there's different things you can do down there when, you, when, you, when it's a short yardage situation. I agree 100%. I think they need to focus on that. I think they need to come up with a philosophy on that. I've always thought there's a short yardage offense that you run when you're in these type of situations where you develop a lot of confidence in that play or that series that you have for these type of situations. And I think they haven't really discovered yet what they want to do down there where the whole team believes on it. You've heard me talk about that we used to scrimmage when I was coaching 11 against 12, always. 12 on defense, 11 on offense. I'm sorry I'm repeating myself to some listeners. And we gained a confidence that if we can score against our 12, we can score against anybody else's 11. 
or short yardage situation. So I agree with that. I think they need to work on that. They need to have plays that they believe in to get that done. And I think that's, again, another step of polishing the stone to make it really shine at night. So uh, let's move on. Okay. uh, Let's see. We had – okay. How does the defensive line, with no returning starters – be so dominant against a very good Washington offensive line. Is Coach Kenichi Udeze the real MVP of this team? That's from uh, Ivan in uh, Swanee, Georgia, home of the Amator Bebe brothers. Well, let, let me put it to you this way. I think, first of all, the players are playing big. They're believing. I think Stevie T is a guy that came in that has really motivated the defensive line. And Rasheen Green is a great athlete. And if you watch him play, every single week he's gained confidence. Every single week he's getting better. He got a sack, and he runs so well. And Stevie T can really hold up the middle of the line. And I think that uh, uh, the other one, uh, 98, uh, Josh Fatou, Fatou, is it? Fatou has really, huh? Yeah, uh, Josh Fatou. Yeah, Fatou, I'm sorry. That's why I'm saying 98, okay? is really improved, too. And what's helped them is the play of the linebackers. If you watch the linebackers, they are really flying around. Hutchings really flew around and had a good game. Cameron Smith is a tough dude. He loves to hit you, and I love that. And uh, the outside linebackers. I think uh, Port Augustine, this last game, reminded me of Clay Matthews his hair, the style of play, he went 100%. And I've been on his butt, as you know, as far as not containing, he contained. He kept browning in the pocket. That's why they hurried him. On some of my other shows, I was saying, how do you, they were asking me, how do you stop him? Well, you get in his face. You hurry him. You throw the timing off. You take away his confidence. He hasn't had that. And because of the outside pressure of Wahusu, is that the way you pronounce his name, 42? I don't know the guy's names. I just know how they play. Okay? It's Wusu, yeah. Yeah, okay. They are <laughs> keeping him in the pocket. Now, let's don't get all carried away with names. Let's get, a, get carried away on who's playing their technique. And they're forcing them back to the, the Stevie T's and these people that are able to make the big plays. If you noticed... They forced Washington out of their running game. For some reason, they lost confidence in the running game, and that's what they've been, a balanced football team. So they did their thing, and the offense had ball control. They had to time a possession over Washington. Washington didn't know what it was like to be behind. They didn't know how to catch up. It pressed them, and it took them out of their rhythm, and they started to doubt themselves. And I think that this was the biggest thing. And, and, hey, I can't say enough for that defense. That defense has been playing hard and flying around and doing such a great, great job. So congratulations. It was a team effort. But the front has really played well, and I congratulate them. And if you notice, there's not much rotation going on, as there was earlier in the year. Now you put your players on the field. I don't believe they substituted once on the offensive line. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if they 
substituted except for uh, the nose guard one time. Outside linebackers, I'm not sure if they substituted or inside linebackers. They did some rotation in the secondary. Very little bit at running back. Ronnie's in the in the mood and getting it done. Uh, tight ends rotated and receivers rotated. But they are cutting back on that now, Ryan. Cutting back on a lot of the uh, this intramural program stuff. Yeah, you know, I think they brought in uh, Chuma Doga as an extra offensive lineman. They had a, a couple uh, runs where there was six offensive linemen. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, I think on the defensive side, there'll be a couple different packages with the nickel and stuff where they could uh, rotate in. I think Hawkins and uh, Leon McQuay would kind of rotate a little bit. But yeah I, yeah, I didn't see Port Augustin or Uchenna and Wusu really come off uh, the field there. Um we got a question from Rex. said, hello, Ryan and Coach Hyde. Not a lot to be down about after this win, uh, but I wanted to give some credit to Port Augustine for a great game and for Biggie Marshall. The defense played great, but in the past, it seemed that Porter had issues with speed and space, and Biggie just seemed to get caught at the worst time with pass interference calls. Both played solid. Uh, the thing that did bother me in this game is the double reverse call. It got blown up, and we were moving down the field with ease. Uh, Boise may need to use trick plays, but I'm not sure we do. And to me, if you're going to run them, you don't run them when you're marching down the field and the defense can't stop you. That play totally took us out of sync for a while. Then I think we got a penalty that backed us up even more. Uh, that's the one thing that I think we can definitely work on. I've also been disappointed in Petit's catching. Uh, just seems off, but Daniel and Mentor Bebe is balling. Great win. Fight on from SEC land from Rex. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, I didn't think it was necessary to run that play at that time. You're moving the football. Uh, I don't think you needed to look for a big run at that time. I think you needed to stay on schedule and uh, be able to do ball control. And that play is either going to hit a home run or it's going to just not work at all. And uh, I I didn't think that was a good call. But again, I'm second guessing, as you are. If it had scored a touchdown, we'd have said, uh, what a genius call, but it didn't. So you've got to take the good with the bad. And in this situation, it was a bad call. And if he had to do it over T. Martin, he wouldn't have run it, okay? And the penalty on top of that. But on that play, I saw I saw Sam Donald throw a block. I don't know if you saw it or not, Ryan. I said, dog, got it. Here he is throwing a block. And he did a good job at that, too. So I think they learn from those plays, and this is part of coaches learning too. Uh, they must have seen something on the backside. They thought that play might work as far as the pursuit, but that wasn't the play to call at that time, and I agree that was not a great play. And I also agree Petit needs to work on his hands, but it's not all him. Uh, Sam Darnold has delivered the ball a little late on those seam routes where he's open. And the pass behind him, he should have caught in that third down situation. That ball was a catchable pass. It should have been caught, especially in big-time games. So uh, that's uh, my answer to those questions, and let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, Dave and Glendora said, I've used the analogy of an earthquake that starts a tidal wave. He's talking about um, Sam Donald here. The wave starts out small and eventually grows into a destructive monster. However, without the earthquake, the tidal wave uh, could never occur. Sam Darnold is the earthquake for USC football. I say without Darnold, there's no way we go on this current win streak. He goes maybe 3-3. Three and three. Not the slight max, but he simply cannot do what Sam can do. 
Sam has given uh, the team a new life, and he very well may have saved Coach Helton's job. Darnold has awoken the receiving corps. Uh, every receiver on the field knows that the ball can be thrown to him, and because of that, they are mentally ready each play. They make tough catches uh, much more consistently than in the past few seasons. The offense scores more or at least moves the ball to give our defense desirable field position. Because of the consistent offense, the defense is off the field more and able to rest and talk about adjustments. Don't get me wrong, the streak has been a team effort, but only because of the earthquake hit in game four. The coaches, uh, the coaching is better, especially play calling and defensive schemes. It's amazing how one player can change so much. Thank God for the earthquake. Fight on, beat the Bruins, Dave and Glendora. Well, Dave and Glendora, you're right. He has made such an impact in uh, the program at USC. Uh, because your every play can be a big play. You have so much confidence in him, no matter whether it's first and 10 or third and 15, he'll make it happen. It was third and 14. He made it happen and they had a penalty. They scored. He scored a touchdown. They had a penalty. Uh, he is the type of guy. He's a playmaker. Okay. He's the type of guy that anytime he's going to find it happen. If you watch the offense and excuse me again, if I'm repeating myself from other shows, but he, last year, the year's, in the past, you didn't see the receivers working hard, all receivers every down. They assumed on the backside that the ball was going to the favorite receiver, whoever that might have been. When a guy catches 100 t- uh, passes a season, there's a favorite receiver. So they loafed. Now when you watch the passing game, all receivers are working hard. They're working to get open because they know and anticipate, hey, they might be getting the football because of Sam Darnold and the way he plays. So now you're seeing the complete route, the complete package of the designing of the route, because they're running a route continuously full speed. When he throws those routes uh, to the tight end and crossing routes, they're not maybe the primary receiver, but he finds them. So they continue with the route full speed. And that's what's making their pass offense so much better. In the past, if you watch the backside, guys were loafing. But they didn't think they'd even get the ball. But now everybody hustles. Everybody's trying to be the big, make the big play. They all anticipate the ball coming to them. So the pass offense now has become a bigger part of the offense. Now, one thing i got to say, and I'm going to say it again, keep Adoree Jackson on defense. Keep him on defense. Don't bring him over the offense. You don't need him. Go ahead. All right, uh, we got a few more quick ones. We'll try to go through, and then we have one voicemail. Well, I know we got to get you out of here, Coach. Um, we'll go with the G. He said the improvement has been uh, incremental in all phases since the Bama loss. As a former head coach, where do you see the greatest improvement by this USC squad? And conversely, do you see any weaknesses that need addressing? Thanks for what you gents do, the G. Well, it's a different football team. From the Alabama game, first of all, when you played Alabama, you didn't know how dominant they really were. You knew they were a good football team. But they weren't the same football team when they played Alabama that they are now. And I'm not telling you they're going to beat Alabama if they play them. Now, I don't know a team in the country can beat Alabama when they're ready to play. The only way way you're going to beat Alabama is if Alabama helps you, okay? By mistakes or whatever. Let's don't talk about Alabama. Let's talk about USC. So they were a different team at that time. They weren't ready to play Alabama. They were still learning on offense. They were still learning on defense. If you can remember the mistakes they made defensively and offensively, man, uh, 
not the same football team. And they were learning as a coaching staff, okay? It was the first head coaching jobs for Clay Helton. The coaches had never worked together. So let's just let that game go. Then they came back and they beat Utah State. And they gained a little confidence, but they got that win. And that was important. And they went to a Stanford and lost to Stanford. And I know they'd love to play Stanford again, but you don't get that chance. Then they went to Utah and had a lot of turnovers at Utah. There's no question. Uh, they got Utah ranked over them. USC would play Utah anytime they want to play them in the middle of the week, Wednesday, if they like to play them. Not that Utah had a good football team, but Utah didn't want to play USC on Wednesday either. Was there a different football team? But they can't play that game over either because they've gotten better on the coaching staff. They've gotten better on offense and defense. They've cut down on their mistakes. Then they played teams, and they were able to beat them, having 13 penalties in both games. Now, when you're able to beat teams and dominate teams and you have that many penalties, stopping yourself with turnovers at the same time, you've got to be pretty good. You can't beat teams 45 to 20, 45 to 24, having 13 penalties in a game unless you're pretty good. And I think they're starting to demonstrate now they're getting to be pretty good. And at the same time, the coaches are getting better. So as a combination, the kids and the coaches are getting better because they're playing teams that coaches have been together for a long time. Like Chris Peterson's staff, this is his third year, and about six coaches or eight coaches came with him from Boise. Well, Clay Helton hasn't had that situation this year. They're still learning how to communicate with each other and also the players so when i look at it every week i say usc has a better chance of improving than some of the teams are playing because usc has a a possibility of improving more because they're haven't been together as long as other staffs have and you've er, always heard me say and i'm going to repeat myself again I would not exchange USC's roster with any roster in the Pac-12. Ryan, how many years have I been saying it's the same thing, and I'm <laughs> saying it again? Yep, and now, so they're, if you, now they're playing to that potential that, that they weren't doing that before. You're exactly right, because they are putting the players in a position where they can use their athletic ability. It just makes sense, and you've got a quarterback who has the ability to get it to those people. And those people with a quarterback that has that type of mentality now gets the game to the athletes. And it's starting to be like it's supposed to be. The number one thing they have to continue off of this, because I don't think we have a question uh, on this, is the recruiting portion. You now have got to maintain the level of recruitment at the level of Alabama, at the level of Ohio State at the level of these other universities that you want to play. Don't lower your level and try to outcoach somebody. Get the greatest players in America and then coach them and bring them to their full potential. That's just another message to pass on to any coach or anybody who's listening. That's what has to happen. And I'm sorry, let's move on. Yeah, that, that's actually part of Percy's question. He wanted He wanted you to mention recruiting like you did, but he also wants to know, what does USC need to do to close out this season strong? Well, what they need to do is continue to get better, believe in themselves, not take a week off. And I don't think they will, but they know the feeling they had in the locker room. Coming back from Arlington, 
They know the feeling they had in the locker room coming back from Stanford, Utah. Now compare that with the feeling on the plane coming back from Seattle, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, well, I had to get given anything to ride back on that plane. Can you imagine the excitement and who we are? You think those kids didn't go to class today? Those kids all went to class today. You have any problem with them doing anything today? Nothing. Their teachers are carrying their books for them. This is what happens to the morale of not only the alumni, but also the student body, also to the donors, and to the fans. So it's a great feeling. Now, you can carry that momentum on into the UCLA game and on to the other games, and you have that feeling the whole year, and you carry it into the off season. And if you remember last year, the bowl game was a nasty taste the whole off season. Well, they learned that too, that this is a serious type of thing. So if they learn from the past and you learn from the past, you don't want that feeling again. So I would think that I would explain that and move on, keep the morale going, work hard. Don't expect somebody to to, to help you, you just beat them. I love to walk across the field after game, have a coach shake your hands and say, you know what, coach, you were the better team. And Chris Peterson had to say that to Coach Help. A uh, couple more real quick. Phil said, how likely is it we get in the Pac-12 championship? Uh, I'll just real quick. It's USC has to beat UCLA, and Utah and Colorado each have to lose a game for USC to get ahead. So that's pretty simple, Phil. How likely? Well, I... I, it's fairly, I think I, Washington State can beat Colorado. Yeah, and I think Colorado can beat Utah. So, I mean, it's it, it's fairly likely, you know, and USC has to beat UCLA, obviously. So, um, Tarek said, with USC's win over Washington, does this put pressure on Clay Helton next season to win the Pac-12 and compete for a playoff spot? Uh, we all know the expectations that fell on Lane Kiffin after his 10-2 2011 season. Let me tell you, there's pressure on Clay Helton every game. Yes. So, you know, pressure is great. I used to love pressure. Pressure is great because, you know, that's the type of job you have. You expect to win. That's why you're there. That's why they pay you two and a half million a year or whatever. They don't pay you that to lose. So, you know, going into the coaching position, it's a dream job. You've got to perform. You've got now the student body behind you. You've got everybody behind you. So now continue with it. Don't let anything happen to it. It's like something you want to protect. So protect what you have, continue growing, and maybe again, if things go right, the Coliseum can be the arena where people are afraid to come into. And I think that's the goal and what every Trojan wants to see. All right, we got one last voicemail, Coach. Now, this is this seems like a voicemail that might have been sent after the team was 1-3, not winning six in a row, uh, but I think there's a concept that some USC fans still – have not let go, but I want to play it for you and get your comments. Here you go. Happy Sunday, as Coach Hilton might say. Uh, this question is for Coach Hyde. It's a hypothetical, but I'm serious. Uh, if Lance Swan happened to walk up to you at practice and say, Hey, Coach, uh, Tom Herman is available, and so is Chip Kelly. I'm thinking about making a change. During the off season, should he, or should he just keep what we have now? 
it looks like progress to me. And uh, I'd like your opinion on that. Fight on. Bye. All right. Uh, uh, I'll tell you this. If uh, Coach Clay Helton beats UCLA and beats Notre Dame, uh, Len Swan will be strutting around like a turkey. <laughs> uh, he'll be so excited because it makes his job so much easier. And it makes uh, the whole uh, situation at USC, the football program, so much better and ease the tension. And uh, everybody will say, <laughs> Pat Hayden knew what he was doing. Uh, and I'm just throwing these type of things out. Uh, I think that if he can win uh, and go 10-3, and three, I said at the beginning of the season, if you listen to my shows, and I don't know if I said it on this show, Ryan, I thought the Trojans could go 10-2. and two. People said, you're crazy, Coach. 8-4, and four, we'd all be happy about it. I said, no, I've been to practice. I see the, the players. I know they can be 10-2. and two. Brian, I don't know if you remember me saying that, but I felt they had the talent. And you can't win unless you have talent, okay? And once you have talent, and if you're a good coach, you can put them in a position to win. Now, Clay Helton's been there two and a half, three or four years or whatever, and he knows the talent is there. Now it's in a position to be able to create those guys and put them in a position to win. And, uh, again, I said, too, they'd be 10-2 and two if they are able to do that. Well, early in the season, I had my doubts. But now I don't have my doubts, and he stuck, stayed right in there, and the players kept playing hard. And right now I'm in complete support of Clay Helton. Clay Helton has proven that he can win. Now, again, finish the season. One game in the season. you got to finish the season and finish it the way you're playing now. And if you're able to do that and win nine games in a row, hey, you've done a, you've done a hell of a job. And whoever would say uh, there should be a coaching change uh, uh, is nuts, okay? Because you're on a roll. The players love Clay Helton. Get some great recruiting done. And you might be in a position with Sam Darnold coming back. You utilize him for recruiting. You go after the top backup quarterback in the country. Yeah, you support your players. You hope that some of the other players who possibly can go out will come back and you get ready for another year. Will there be higher expectations? Definitely. But that's what it's all about as a football coach. You want to get better and better every year in every way, in every day. So, yes, it's that type of job, and you understand that when you're in it. All right, Coach. Great stuff. I know we uh, got to let you roll. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us here on the Peristyle Podcast, the more upbeat Peristyle Podcast. So really appreciate, and we will. Uh, we, thanks again for coming on. Hey, Brian, I just want to mention one thing. If people want to listen to my other shows, they yes. can. Just go to my webpage or my – yeah, just go there to uh, harveyhide.com. That's harveyhide.com. I list all of the shows, dates. Some of them I don't even have on there. And if you want to call me personally, you can do that too on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at on my 8.30 a.m. show. And, Ryan, later on, I'm going to have you on that show during the month of December, and we'll have a lot of fun talking about uh, recruiting and this and that. And I want to thank all of our people here for sending in their questions, and there's nothing like winning. Is there, baby, Ryan? There's nothing like winning. So fight on, everyone. Have Har a great day. Winning's pretty good. So go to HarveyHyde.com. You can get more information about Harvey Hyde. So that's Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. I'm Ryan Abraham. Follow me on Twitter at InsideTroy. Of course, uscfootball.com is our site. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Peristyle Podcast. We're going to do a couple more this week for sure. Got to talk about this win and heading into rivalry week. So thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.